Welcome to Unchain Your Inner Strength podcast, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. Our worldwide guests share their journeys, expertise, and most valuable business and mindset tools to help you succeed both in life and in business. I am your host, Maria C. Krause, mindset and business mentor, and the founder and owner of Unchain Your Inner Strength podcast and online magazine. My life's passion is to help new and aspiring entrepreneurs get their business off the ground, set up effective business and mindset strategies to start working with your sole clients and grow your revenue. If you want to have a chat, you can find me on all social media platforms under Maria C. Krause or check out my website for freebies and updates on new courses. That's at www.mariacrause.com. Welcome our guest for this week. We have Kathy Sanderson. Hi, Kathy. How are you? Hi, Maria. I'm great. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Finally, we've been trying to do, do this for a couple of weeks, but Kathy's finally here. And she is a spiritual therapist and an inner child healer. Kathy, can you tell us a little bit more about what you do about yourself as well so people can get to know you? So I'm Kathy Sanderson and I'm from Birmingham in the UK. I am a wife and mother to three not so young children now. Um, and I'm also, as Maria said, a spiritual therapist in a child healer because I find that I was um, a healer and people were coming to me with all of these things that were affecting them in their life now. And when we investigated, because I'm a forensic healer, when we investigated why they were feeling that way, it was always related to how they felt as a child, how they were treated by others, how they believed themselves to be or others to be. That's amazing. Um, it's such a huge topic when it comes to inner child. I know a lot of us, when we try to do the healing, we try to blame a lot of stuff on our parents without remembering that they always, they also were child children. They always had, they also had the same, you know, traumas and experiences through their childhood. Um, Kathy, how do you how do you work exactly with that part? Because I know for a lot of people, it's very hard to bring that up. Like you know, to recognize that are things you know things that happen in our lives that are recurring, that that they're actually things that happen to us when we're children. Totally, and like I mentioned, I'm a forensic healer. So Maria Mar Marisa Russo, who is from Australia, she's the founder of it. And she put it all together so that you can literally dig down to find what's going on. So one of the biggest um, examples of how it can affect you, now this isn't childhood, but this is past. So a lady came to me and she was in her late 60s or 70s. And she had problems with her arm and her elbow. And she'd been to the doctors. And she'd been for physiotherapy. Nothing was helping. So she came to me and we began the healing session and it turned out that the trauma that she experienced when she was a very young lady, just newly married, came home from work and found her husband in bed with somebody else, um, obviously back 60 years ago. That was just not spoken about, you know, mm -hmm. so you buried it under the carpet. She moved back with her parents who weren't very supportive anyway. Oh. Um, and then she was just left to get on with life. So th that trauma was never, ever resolved. So we resolved that trauma and she never had pain in her arm again. Oh, my God. 
it's it's interesting how the body tells us what's going on in in between us isn't it in in what's going on in our heart our head our minds uh i'm like i'm it's not that i'm shocked it's just like every time somebody tells me a story like that i'm like it makes me feel so happy you know but it, it also also amazes me the power that our own body has um to tell us that something needs changing and that's the thing isn't it because we're not even told that we've got any power you know that lady had been going back and forth to the doctors tried all these painkillers all these medications and not one person ever thought about is she carrying unresolved trauma in her life in her body no because we're told that the, the medicines and the painkillers and that's going to do it and your past has nothing to do how many people tell you that um the past is the past time heals mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah no not always yeah no that's true that's absolutely true and kathy just quick questions before you start you became a spiritual therapist and inner child healer what did you do before it i'm just curious to see <laughs> hi <laughs> it's just people nothing have so like many different backgrounds yeah <laughs> nothing like this in fact i hated to be um restricted to one place of work so even from a teenager i always worked for agencies um, i worked as a waitress as a barmaid because you had the freedom to go about then i wanted to wear nail varnish so i changed to doing office work yeah. but it was always <laughs> with an agency i know isn't it mad you know the things that you do yeah i just changed my career because you know i did well at school so i was able to do those kinds of things um but I never wanted to be restricted by, um, I don't know, the establishment, I guess. And I flitted from job to job to job, then um, moved to Ireland with a man who I really shouldn't have moved with. Um, and that was not a good experience. But when I came back, it put me back into school and I got my HMD in business and finance. As a mature but student? Got, yeah, yeah, as a mature yeah. student. So I was... Um, 21 22 i think and i also then got involved with the um student union and became student union president so the college asked for me to go back and run their student union so i started in that role of helping people then i started working with um young boys who were at risk of exclusion from school so i was always in that kind of role then um, I worked with ex-defenders to get them employment. And then I worked getting apprenticeships for people. But then I had a baby and um, the, pro the program I was working for lost its funding. So that was it. And we were fortunate enough by pulling in our purse strings and tightening our belts. Mm -hmm. We were able that I could stay at home with my children. Um, and it was only when I was having a Reiki session from somebody and I could see the colours and I'd already started to feel energy and gone on ghost hunts and things like that. So I said to my husband, I want to learn Reiki because then I could do that as a job, you know, mm -hmm. not have to be away from the kids. Um, and basically that was my journey when my Reiki master, because I'm a type 1 diabetic, when my Reiki master told me, that why can't diabetes be healed everything else can be healed 
knock me over. No, it can't. I've been told since the age of 12, no, oh, it can't. I was going to ask you that, yeah, because no, I was going to ask you, um, you know, when you get in the spiritual part and you sometimes you're like, yeah, that's a bit woohoo. I don't know. What are you talking about? <laughs> that's it. And, you know, even though I knew everything else could be healed, I never, ever considered that my diabetes could be healed because from the age of 12, the first thing they told me was it would never be healed. I would never be cured. I could never wow. have children. Um, all of those things and for somebody then just suddenly to flip my world over it just started me on this path of learning and I've never ever stopped and that was nearly five years ago um, and I've just advanced my healing and my skills ever since until I got to the stage where I learned the forensic healing realized how important inner child healing was and really found what my gift was that's amazing Kathy. I, I love it. it it is it's one of those paths that once you start as i said for some people that you know if you live in a world that is very okay these are the rules this is how it is it's only you no know, medicine and you know you'll never get healed and stuff like this and then you find this other options you actually you know open your mind and find these other options and it's so it's a different word out there it's incredible so how's how's your diabetes now have you been able to reduce it is it gone is it um i can reduce it it is much better controlled i was on a pump since i got pregnant with my daughter now until i got pregnant with my daughter i couldn't control it because i wasn't on a pump um Got on the pump and that was great. And then two years ago, they just stopped working, wouldn't work on me, having really high blood sugars, couldn't cope. Um, so I went off the pump and I'm on the pen. Okay. Um, but it's a lot easier for me to control now than it was when I was 30 or 31, 32. Um, so yeah, and you know, I understand so much more. I used to probably be a really problem patient for my nurse, who I've got a really good relationship with now. But when I was a teenager type thing, no. Um, and my twenties, because I didn't want to know about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do. I just didn't get it at all. Now I totally get it. If I'm wound up, if I'm stressed, my, sh my blood sugars go up. I need more insulin. Um, but you know, I can have exactly the same day one day, and then the next day, it's the same day, but my insulin requirements are totally different. Okay. Eat the same, feel the same. It's it's just so you know you have to be with that. But when I do all fruit, when I'm on spiritual or healing retreats, yeah, my insulin goes down so much. Okay. <laughs> so it's all related. So Kathy, we're going to talk about today um, because you help uh, moms on their forties, right? Um, yeah. You help them with that inner child healing, and we want to talk today about how um, what stops people from showing from showing up in their lives. You know, either is you know when they want to do some sort of change, either physical, emotional, spiritual. Uh, what what is that stopping them from doing it? Because um, I think for people who are spiritual, as yourself, you know, uh, you know, there was a block there. There was a blockage for me. It was that blockage that I thought it was a woohoo. You know, I ended up hiring. I ended up working with a lady uh, who was holistic, but she had a background in psychology. 
like she actually went to college for psychology. So when I did that, I was like, okay, so you can do the whole holistic part, but you have the psychology background. This was me before, right? Now I wouldn't even look at that part, but that was me when I was like, yeah, (laughs) I want to get into that path, but I need to make sure that you have all the other, you know, the other credentials. Um, But what, what do you think is stopping them, you know, from, from showing up from, for women, especially at this age, you know, a lot of women, not, I'm not saying everybody, you know, but sometimes you kind of, it's like you don't have a life anymore. You know, especially moms, it's like everything is dedicated to their children or, you know, their husband and, you know, they left their job and, you know, they just stay stagnant. And that's a whole nother thing, isn't it? Because all through life, you're taught to be a good mother is to put your children first and to put you to the back. And, you know, when... When I was growing up, if parents, if mothers put themselves forward rather than dealing with their children all the time, then that was shown as not being a good parent, as being spiteful or selfish. This is what I was told. So for us to actually think, well, hang on, the kids are watching a film. I could actually go and have a bath. Um, (laughs) It seems mean because... Well, no, actually, then they might need you. And, you know, instead of having that bath, you should be cooking their tea or putting clothes away. So it's, it's everything that we tell ourselves is a story. Everything that we tell ourselves is a choice. So as example, I used to tell anyone who would listen, no, I can't get up before nine o'clock because if I do, I will feel sick. Mm-hmm. Normally it was half nine, ten o'clock. And I I told people that for years and it came about because um, I was breastfeeding all my children. So when we had my youngest son now, he's six, but um, my husband would take the oldest daughter to school so I could stay in bed and feed him. And it just got into that habit. And he's a wonderful man. He was quite happy to get up with the children and leave me in bed. Not going to moan, am I? (laughs) <laughs> but also I didn't realize I had fibromyalgia and the reason that I felt so tired even though I'd slept all night was this fibromyalgia and I didn't realize until my clients were coming to me and they had it and I went and investigated that and I realized that I'd had it but I'd healed it without even knowing I had it right. <laughs> so that, was, that was so random because I just thought it was me being lazy um, being a wimp because my mum would tell me that I had no pain threshold even though I was injecting myself all the time I had no pain threshold so if I was in pain it's because I was a wimp and also all the other funny things like do you ever have your hair up in a bun or a ponytail and you take it down and it hurts mm-hmm. your hair actually physically hurts well, I didn't realize that was a kind of fibromyalgia I just thought that was normal because I just was broken I didn't work you know, there was just, it, I, it was me. I was, um, yeah, I was broken. I didn't work properly. And that's how I just put it. So I would tell people, no, I can't get up at that time. No, 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 no. And then I, um, I joined a network marketing company and they did a miracle morning. Mm-hmm. And I joined them because I loved the products. I loved the effect it had on me. And I knew it would help my clients. But I thought, no, I can't get up. And I kept telling my um, sponsor, no, I can't get up. No, I can't get up. And then I just suddenly cup yourself on. If you want to get up, you can get up. What's stopping you? 
So the next morning, I went to bed early that night and I got up and I got up at um, quarter to six and I felt amazing. And I did that for a whole month. And the difference was amazing. And now I don't get up at that time because the, I don't know if you've noticed it, but the energies at the moment are quite wipe out. There's just yes. a lot going on. Um, I agree with you. And yeah. rather than... Rather than beat myself up and mm -hmm. think that I have to get up at that time and I feel tired, but I'm still getting up at half seven, eight o'clock. So to mm -hmm. me, that is still amazing. But <laughs> I could have carried on telling myself that same story until I died. I can't yeah. get up at that time. And then, of course, when I got up at that time, I was behind because I still have to have my breakfast unless I was doing fasting. I'd still have to have my breakfast. Then I'd still have to do all of the kitcheny type stuff then i'd have to come to work then i'd have to pick my kids up at three o'clock from school but where was my time so i was always mm -hmm. self-sabotaging so it's your choice it's what your story is what story do you choose to tell yourself are you going to choose to be a victim and be controlled by other people and other situations or are you going to take control are you going to choose to empower yourself that's that's a huge uh, thought. <laughs> it's huge. It's a huge question to ask yourself. Um, you know, it's it, it's hard, and it's a hard answer as well um, because it's actually you have to sit there, have a chat with yourself, and admit yourself that something needs to change, and that has to yeah. come from you. <laughs> it's not the environment. It's nothing that's going outside. If there's something you really want to change, it comes from you. So, Kat, if you want to lose weight, sorry, mm -hmm. if you want to lose weight. No one can do it for you. Don't matter how many weight loss clubs you go to or any of that stuff, you look and you say, if I want to lose weight, why aren't I losing weight? Well, it's normally because I'm eating too much. So why are you eating too much? What is it allowing you to do? And then you go deep, don't you? You go, well, is it allowing me to self-sabotage myself because I don't believe I'm worth the attention I would get if I was slim? I don't deserve that I'm supposed to be pretty. All childhood issues, but also the fact, what about if you just don't believe that you are worth losing that weight? I was going to ask you that because a lot of, the, a lot of um, eating disorders, or not eating disorders, overeating or, you know, or bulimic or anorexia, that has a lot to do with in, from inner child experiences, inner child, from childhood experiences. Am I right? So we can relate that to that as in, you know, food being one of those things that is like comfort or, or your parents telling you like, oh, you won't, you can't get up or you can't go do anything until you finish your whole plate. I think a lot of us were told that. I think that comes the money scarcity mindset as well. It's just like, it's all related from, yeah. I think, I think it's a generation. Cause I think Kathy, we're about the same age or we're about the same generation. Yeah. <laughs> and that used to you come know, up a lot. Um, you have to sit there and you have to finish your dinner. My mum, my, my brother, my dad were greedy. My dad was really slim, my brother not so much. But he would, um, they'd think it was fun to take your food. And I didn't want to eat my food. So they'd go, oh, look at that bird over there. And I'd be looking for the bird. And then my sausage would have gone off my plate. But I soon cottoned on that I could just look extra long and then they might take two so that I didn't have to eat my food and I remember <laughs> as a child it felt so horrible around the table that I always needed to go to the toilet 
and then you'd come down and your food was all cold and all of that. But I had bulimia when I was um, 15, 16. In fact, I was sort of semi, I was on a diet and I dieted so well that mum, when I remember a friend from school was telling my mum that I was too slim and hearing that was fantastic. Yeah, but then yeah. I, um, you know, it felt so good. I could tuck my naff naff jumper into my Joe Blog jeans and still look slim. Um, and I was always tall. I was a five foot eleven at that stage. So I would, I would, I would only eat salad and some nuts and a bit of cheese. So because I'd read about being anorexic, I didn't know about it. I'd read about it, but I could, I could never do anorexia. And then I wanted to eat. And that's when I heard about Princess Diana being bulimic. Oh my God, free reign. I could eat what I wanted and throw it up. How fantastic is that? Wow. But I didn't realise that why I was eating and needing to eat was that emptiness I felt as a little girl. And it didn't matter how much you ate because you were never going to fill it all because it wasn't me then I was filling. It, it was trying to fill that six seven three-year-old girl that is sorry i just kind of left me speechless because it is it's just it's those experiences i had um when i was a teenager i had a friend uh who did the same thing and she was she was in completely denial she was slim you know it was like this obsession of being slim me on the other side i was chubby but i did a lot of sports and stuff like that and i didn't really care i was i was one of those late bloomers when it came to like boys and stuff like that i was a mound over no, i still am <laughs> I'm like that was never you know it was never the, the my goal my goal was like yeah i'm gonna go play sports and i'm gonna do this and read books i was a freaking nerd i still am but uh, i remember she used to do the same thing i would have her over in the house and the next thing i know no, I'll go to the bathroom. She wouldn't even, I don't know if it was like, it was that seeking of attention because she will never flush after she throw up. Oh, okay. Yeah. She well, maybe it's just hard for it to flush because it does take a while. Yeah, as, as well. Sorry. I shouldn't be laughing about this. It's like, but, so as, on that part, um, Kathy, can I ask you, you as now as an, an adult, how did you get to heal that all? How did you overcome that part of, uh, you know, one thing with that relationship with food that you had as a teenager? I don't think I ever did until very recently because, you know, it just becomes acceptable because every magazine you look at is diet, diet, mm -hmm. diet. Yeah. I was with um, a diet club from age of 18. I always felt big. I wasn't big. I was big when I got You're pregnant tall. the first time, yeah. you know, but um, that was the only time I've been big. But I remember standing, and I've been working on this a lot, standing when I was 16 and I needed a size 16 clothing. Now that's a size 12, I think, in America. Um, I'm feeling so fat. But that was because my mum had always felt fat. Mm -hmm. You know, 16, I wasn't fat. But I felt it and um, yeah, in and out and in and out of diet. And you know, they restrict your food. They don't, and they tell you you can eat, oh, it's so stupid. Back then, you could eat a whole quiche that was made of loads of eggs, but there was no pastry. There was no actual healthy eating. It was about finding other things that you could gorge on. Yeah, um, oh, yes. Yeah, you know, you know the ones. Yeah. And, um, 
I couldn't do the other one because I couldn't count the points. But that was me constantly on that. And I would lose it and then I would gain it and I would lose it. And now I do something totally different, but I can eat fats. I can eat avocado without feeling guilty. I can eat nuts. Um, but I no longer have that emptiness. Occasionally have it. You know, mm. something comes up and it starts and then I know where I've got to go and heal. But I no longer have that emptiness where I need to sit there and shovel food in or shovel alcohol in to block all of the stuff. I swapped my food addiction for binging. Yeah, Weekend um, binging. I, I was going to ask, well, because that's, it, at the end of the day, it's just an addiction. It's, it's an addiction, not just an addiction. It's an addiction, like everything else. You know, because some people go like, yeah. oh, you're an alcoholic. People who eat too much or people that smoke or this and that, you know. Because uh, I, I, I personally, I left some addictions and then I got into drinking wine, which I've never drunk wine before. I, I used to drink alcohol, but never wine. And then it got, it got a bit out of hand for me that at one point I had to, you know, I was like, this is it. The whole occasionally, yeah, it's five o'clock somewhere around the world. I'm allowed to have a glass of wine in the middle of the afternoon. You know, that kind of thing. And I'm like, this is going at, yeah, wine o'clock. And I thought it got out of hand for what I was trying to heal. You know, it was one of those things. And I'm like, okay, what is it that is actually empty there? What is it that I'm trying to replace it with? You know, because uh, I think it's always you find that, okay, I'm going to give up this and I'm going to replace it with this, you know, and subconsciously. It's not that you're doing this consciously. I think it's a, a subconscious straight um, action that you do, you know, uh, and I think that's happened with a lot of people who weren't like completely not eating and then they go to binge eating. It's just extreme. Yeah. Like, okay. So that, in your opinion, Kathy, that has something to do, obviously, with, with some inner child healing that needs to be done there yeah because if you if your needs aren't met as a child then you've got this gaping hole it's unhealthy narcissistic needs we need to know that we're lovable we need to know that we're important and that we're safe and that we listen to and if those aren't met then that's that hole that's just there mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter what we fill it with whether we fill it with alcohol food sex drugs handbag shopping all of that stuff it's never ever going to be filled yep yeah thanks kathy it's just because so because so, you mentioned all that as well but some people will try to replace it with something extremely healthy and just go to the other extreme as well so you're still trying to heal something there's still a hole there no matter what it is yeah like Doesn't exercise mean. and all yeah. of that stuff yeah you know yeah, because that's Anything. what Kathy I did. I was like, once I said, okay, I have a problem with wine, I went absolutely mental in the gym. But I'm talking about mental. Three hours nonstop in the gym, seven days a week. And I'm like, okay, this can't go on either. You know, I was just like, I was tired all the time. My body was just like, <laughs> just like stop. And it wasn't even that I was losing weight. You know, it was some something was not, uh, I was not doing, not that I wasn't doing it right. It was just something there that is just, there was a, mental blockage that i'm like okay i'm replacing this with this but i was not getting the results it wasn't to try to get the results try to you know lose weight or anything it was just because i was replacing it for something else if that makes sense yeah because you hadn't worked on the block of why you needed to hold that extra weight what what that extra weight is serving you to mm -hmm. do exactly whether it's serving you to keep you safe or to keep you beating yourself up about something else that you can't do 
you know, it always holds a purpose. That's very interesting. You said right there, it's holding you back from doing something that <laughs> you're beating yourself up from not doing. Wow. Kathy, if there's anything you could tell these women that are listening to this, um, to this episode today, okay, on healing their inner child, on loving themselves, you know, understanding who we are as women, as human beings, as, you know, trying to forgive ourselves for our past as well. Um, what would you like to tell them? What tips would you like to give them to get on this path of spiritual and inner healing, inner child healing? One of the most important things to remember is you were a child. You were meant to be looked after. You were meant to be loved. You were meant to be shown how important you were. If you didn't get that, that was not your fault. And you have gone through your life feeling that it was. So everything that's in your life now that you don't like, you blame yourself about. But it was never your fault. Mm -hmm. But now is the time to do something about it. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, and it is. It's just so true. There's a lot of things that you carry and you're like, why if we, I would have done things differently or what if or, you know, what if I've chosen something different? And I think everything does happen for a reason. Uh, also this of being aware that something has happened to be aware and, and to do the changes. There's loads of tools. There's women like Kathy here to help. Uh, you give great, you give great advice, and you have great service for people out there who are looking to heal these parts of themselves. Kathy, if anybody wants to reach out to you to get to know you more, to, to work with you, um, you say you're launching a program soon. So, can you tell yeah, us where they can find you and tell me a little bit more about? It? So, my program starts on um, next Monday, eighth of June, and it's called um, "Finally Breaking Free" because. You always feel like you're in a cage. You're always worrying about what someone's going to say about you, whether you're doing something right, what, worrying if you're safe, whether you can speak. And it's like a cage. So this program, it's 12 weeks, and it enables you to see how your childhood has influenced you in so many different ways and created these beliefs that are stopping you moving forward about yourself, about other people, and about the world in general. But to understand how these are holding you back, you need to know where they've come from. Yep. So this program enables you to dig deep so that you can see where they come from, how they affect your life. Because once you know about something, once you know where it comes from, how it's affecting you, you know what you want to change and how to change it. You can just otherwise say, oh, my life's just miserable. Nothing seems to work out. But you don't know how to change it. So mm -hmm. finding these beliefs is key. And this is what this program teaches you. And then we do the deep inner child work so that you can create those new beliefs about yourself. You can finally feel loved and wanted and safe and secure and important. All of those things that you never felt. And at the end of these 12 weeks, you will be a different person. You, you will view life differently. You will no longer be that victim. You will be that empowered woman that chooses how they choose to react to something. It's okay to react how that way, but know that it's your choice. Mm -hmm. So that's my program. 
Um, I also work one-to-one -one with people. I do a um, six-month program, which means that at the end of that six months, you know, you've just smashed whatever it was that you want to change in your life. Um, but I do have a free Facebook group. If people are serious about overcoming their childhood experiences, and this is a free support group, and there's lots of information. It's a lovely group. It is so supportive. Um, and if you want to speak to me, you can just get me on email, info at healingfromwithin.co.uk. Awesome. Kathy, thank you so much for being here, guys. Uh, ladies, I will drop all the info on the, on the podcast. And, um, and yes, and all the info so you can contact Kathy or if you want to jump on her program that's launching next Monday the 8th. Okay. Kathy, thanks again for sharing all your love and for opening up and sharing your story. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you, guys, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you got great value from this interview. And if you'd like to ask us anything related to mindset and business, uh, share your thoughts, or simply become a guest on this podcast, you can contact me at www.mariacrowset.com. Please share this podcast, bring your friends in, and make sure you subscribe. That way you can get your weekly dose of inspiration and motivation to help you become more successful in all areas of your life. You can find us in all your favorite platforms, and you can also find us on YouTube. This is Maria C. Krause, Mindset and Business Mentor, and the founder and owner of Ingenio and Strength Podcast and Online Magazine. I'm sending you tons of love and virtual hugs, whatever in the world you are. See you soon.